So with Hashem's loving grace, welcome to Likutei Moran. We're now in our second lesson of Torah 2, part 2. And this is an exciting lesson because Rebbe Nachman, he was the master of the soul. He was also master of the body. Rebbe Nachman was a master, world's greatest psychotherapist. And what people don't understand, the world's greatest physicians, because he knew all the secrets of anatomy and physiology backwards and forwards. And he explains things in, in Torah 2, second part of Likute Moran, that the inner workings of the heart and the cardiovascular system, this is really gripping. And it tells about how a baby is born and what happens to a person when a person is, is worried, when a person is, is under pressure and logic. So we'll get right to it. So we, Rebbe Nachman is going to show us that when a person encounters danger, his heart pounds, their heart pounds. So one can easily identify the physical parameters of the cardiovascular system. We know that what triggers it, there's uh, adrenaline that, 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 that triggers the fight or flight reaction. Okay, and then there's the pulse and the blood pressure can be measured. But what's going on spiritually? What's going inside the heart from a spiritual standpoint? What's going inside the blood vessels? And this is what Rebbe Nachman is going to talk about in the tonight's lesson. So just to go back a bit, we learned last week all about gratitude. The Torah 2 is a Torah based on gratitude. And Rebbe Nachman says like this, he, he reiterates, reiterates what he said in the beginning. And he starts, we're now in the second letter of Likute Moran, Ot Bet, the second letter. Okay. And he says, That the aspect of gratitude is an aspect of the world to come. Why? What happens in the world to come? People aren't uh, not cruising into the sunset. They're not doing all times, you know, the, the, the golf freaks are not on the golf course and the tennis freaks are not playing golf and they're doing all types of things. No, people are saying gratitude. It's gratitude. The souls are are praising Hashem. That's why the Psalms are, are so proud. Because Psalms, if you say Psalms in this world, you say Psalms in the next world too. So praise of Hashem, praising Hashem. And so the gratitude we have now in this world is a taste of the world to come. And that's so, so proper. So Rabbi Nachman says, now he did introduce another idea. He says, that gratitude is an aspect of halachot. What is halachot? Halachot is religious law. But after every word of Rabbi Nachman, it's got quadruple and quintuple plays on words. Halachot also means, from the word halachot means the way of life. Gratitude is a way of life. And that not only is gratitude of way of life, the religious law that you're not supposed to murder, you're not supposed to steal, you're not supposed to commit adultery, that's also a way of life. In other words, it's not just about civil civil laws that uh, you have to pay so much income tax, you have to pay on time, you're only allowed to go uh, 55 miles an hour on a certain highway. And we're talking about, when we talk about the way of life, when we talk about halakha, we talk about the way of life, where a person lives one's life, lives an upright life. So gratitude is an aspect of religious law. Religious law is a play on words with living an upright life. Halachot v'halichot. Okay, and ki halachot zochin l'mod. That Rabbi Nachman says that a person who is uh, merits to learn the laws, and he's talking not only to Jews, he's talking about the Noahides, because Noahides have their own set of laws. Uh, Jews have 613 mitzvahs to learn. The Noahides have their seven. But not only that, as we explained in our lessons on the Noahide laws, Maimonides, the Rambam, explains that there's another 33 to 40 
uh, commandments that no one's considered. For example, uh, honoring one's parents. That is not per se one of the seven Noahide laws, but is certainly worthy for Noahide to, to, uh, to keep it. All the laws of slander, of pure speech, that is per se, Noahide is not allowed to kill, okay? Says, but the, the kill, then that, with, we're talking about physical killing. Uh, killing with his tongue, he's not going to get the world to come, but he'll get away. So the, the, the Noahide's not going to get nailed by the Noahide laws. But comes along the Hafez Chaim, says it's worthwhile to do that too. And the Maimonides says it's worth Noahide could do that also. That uh, and not to speak splendor, and of course we're not and not supposed to lie, and not supposed to cheat, not supposed to swindle people. Okay, so these are the the laws that we all, each one of us, the laws that pertain to us. A Noahide doesn't have to learn the laws that particularly pertain to uh, to to a Jew. In other words, if a Noahide wants to electively eat kosher, can I eat kosher? But he's not required to learn the laws of separating milk and meat which a, a Jew must learn laws of me. So we say the laws that each one of us is uh, required to learn that this brings us to the world to come because this is a specific and explicit uh, Gemara in Tractate Nita 73a that it says whoever studies halachot, whoever studies the laws is uh, destined for the world to come. So if you study the laws that pertain yourself, and it's it's enough that uh, if a, if a Noahide picks up the book Emunah uh, uh, and the Noahide, which it elaborates on the seven Noahide mitzvot, he learns that it's a ticket to the world to come. Okay, Jews have to work hard for that because they got a lot more mitzvahs to learn. But once again, as we explained in Emunah and the Noahide, where the difference between a Jewish soul and a Noahide soul is like the difference between a benzene engine and a diesel engine. In other words, they have different jobs to do. Not that one is superior. No, they just have different jobs. They take different fuel. Diesel fuel is different. It combust, it's less combust, combustible than, than uh, benzene is, but they're, they're different fuel. So we each learn the laws that are pertain to us. And once we learn the laws that pertain to us, that is of the laws. And again, in Hebrew, which is the tongue of the Bible, it's a, 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 a Hashem's tongue. The holy tongue, it it has such beautiful plays on words that the laws are the way to live our life, the way to live an upright life, halichot, halachot, okay, the way to live life. And so, if anyone, this will Rabbi Nachman says, he takes that right out of the Gemara that everyone that learns every day, you learn a law, every day you learn a law for a Jewishler to to halachot. I would suggest that Noahide every day. Review one of the Noahide laws. Review an aspect of the Noahide law. And that way you live it. That's the difference between being in your head where it's a law and being in your heart and your bloodstream. That's halachot. That's the way you live your life. I live my life that way. Okay. And of course, a person, anathema, wouldn't think of doing anything to go against those laws. Okay. So that, it's a no-brainer that that person is going to walk right into the next world because he's living an upright life. He's living his life the way Shem wants. <laughs> Shem opens the door. Come on, my son. Come on, my daughter. You're, you're home free. And this is a promise that's a signed check in a Gemara. Tractate Nita, page 73. Not only that, if you make a nuance on a law and you learn a law, you know something? And I said, wait a second. Uh, Noah Hyde says, and Noah Hyde can make a, make a nuance on, on laws also. 
Uh, what I just said, that maybe it's elective to learn the laws of the Chafetz Chaim. Noahide could argue with me. So what do you mean it's elective? Uh, murder, I'll give you a proof. You give me proof according to according to the, the, the Jewish books. Rebuta He says that slander and humiliating a person is tantamount to murder. It's even worse than murder. Because a person's murdered, boom, he's murdered one time. But a person who is humiliated, every time he sees the aggressor, the person that humiliates him again, it's like he lives it, relives it all over again, all over the embarrassment, the humiliation. So you could argue, arguably so say that for a Noahide to fulfill the uh, Noahide law against murder, it also includes slander, not to, not to embarrass a person. And this is, this is maybe a different for that. Oh, that, that's a good nuance. That's a good nuance. So what happens when we make a nuance on halacha? And we're all the time uh, making nuances. Jews are all the time. Our heads are in halacha. And uh, rabbis are writing all the time books about halacha, even regular people are keeping notebooks and, and making nuances on halacha. Uh, Rabbi Nachman says that when you make a nuance on a law, you make a nuance when you rejuvenate your brain. This is amazing because why? Again, halacha is not just a religious law. It's your way of life. So you renew, it's the same aspect. What you do by right, making a nuance on a law, you're making a nuance on your life and you're rejuvenating your brain. And that somebody, and it's something that you'll see. Uh, not long ago, I visited an old age home. An old age home uh, where Hasidic Jews and they're 92, 93, not a single one of them with dementia because they're all learning Gemara all day. Like, you see these old men and they're they're arguing with each other over the Gemara and they're waving their cane at each other and they're yelling at this and they're having a great time. And they're did because they, their minds are moving. The minds to see and Gemara, it's not like learning uh, uh, dates and rote memory British history that you, you remember that this king served then, this king did that. No, it's all reasoning. It's all deep reasoning and sometimes hair splitting. And these guys, they're working their brains all day long. The brain is a muscle. So when the brain, how does a person get dementia? Uh, when he's a couch potato and he sits like a, like a dummy in front of a television, in front of a screen all day long. And the way people walk around, you could see people that are, are 18 years old with dementia. See them walking the street, they've got kyphosis bent over their, their cell phones. Their brains aren't working and they have to and be entertained all the time. I was just speaking to a, a film editor and it used to be that when I was young and we do we film editing, we'll, we'll take after the law, we'll, we'll edit this film and, and go through. Uh, it used to be that a scene in a Hollywood film was 12 seconds, not now. The average scene is, is, is two seconds because two and a half seconds, they start getting bored. In other words, they have to have flashes, thing image flashing in front of them all the time. Kids at school, teachers have to be putting on a sound and light show because the kids get, they get bored. They're climbing the walls. They're used to all the stimulation and screaming. That's why kids are hyper. <laughs> Wonder why kids don't have ADD because you've got to do it. A teacher, you've got to be a, I don't know, an Olympic gymnast and, and doing triple somersaults with backflips in the class to keep these kids' attention. It, 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 but this is the thing. But so a person that has his brain occupied in learning, the person brain get, get, gets stronger and stronger. And like say each one of us, we have our, we have, uh, the, the, there's plenty of things for everybody to learn, and to be learned. So that we, we, Rabbi Nachman is teaching us the correlation 
between giving thank you, saying thank you, and the way of life and, and religious law, that they're the same word in Hebrew, way of life and religious law, and that we always say we have a famous expression that uh, a grateful person is never bitter, a bitter person never grateful. So when you live a life of gratitude, that's a way of life. That's a way of life. People that are grateful, they're the way of life. They, they won't, somebody gives them a tiny favor, they won't go to bed. They won't wait for another hour without right away writing a thank you note, right away give them a call. They did me a favor. You don't owe me anything. <laughs> I owe you a, a, a note of gratitude. And that's why people that have gratitude, they're always happy. They have no sense of entitlement. They don't think they deserve anything. And anything you give them, they're, they're delighted. Okay, so now Rabbi Nachman continues on and says, Zebchinat, he stays quoting a Gomorrah in Tractate Brachot, page four. Uh, King David's Psalm 107 is all about saying thank you, that the four people that have to say thank you, uh, if you've sailed on the sea and you come home peacefully, say thank you. If you've been really sick and you get cured, you have to say thank you. If you've been incarcerated and you get let out of prison, you have to say thank you. And if you travel in the desert, and you cross the desert, you have to say thank you. Now, as we cross we took a plane, we cross the ocean, you have to say thank you. These are the four that have to say thank you. Okay, and this is uh, what, what we just said, Rabbi Nava says, hey, before Kof Zion, that these four are elaborated, King David elaborates them on in Psalm 107. And he ended Psalm 107 when he talks about the people that especially have to thank Hashem, uh, and thank you, Shem. That's why we have, uh, we, we say a blessing. If someone comes out of a, a serious operation, or even when you come back from overseas, and you travel overseas, then that next Shabbat, you get up in the synagogue and uh, have to say in front of everybody a blessing. Thank you, thank you, Shem. Thank you, Hashem, that you have done kindliness for me that owe you a note of thanks. And we say this in public. And then at least 10 people say amen to that blessing. So uh, Rabbi Nachman says that when Hashem saves people like that, that's an aspect of Hashem's loving kindness. So what are we thanking from? And King David says this. In the last verse of Psalm 107, it says, who is the wise person? And who is going to keep the law of saying thank you? and especially when he or she needs to, these are the ones that observe the loving kindness of Hashem. The people that say, thank you, nothing gets past them. Hey, wait a second. Who says I've got a life insurance policy that I'm going to live another minute? Means every single heartbeat, that's a, the next minute, let's say the average of 72 heartbeats, that's another 72 reasons to say thank you. Okay, so for every heartbeat, maybe there's uh, six heartbeats to a breath, there's 12 breaths to a minute. That's another 12 big, big reasons to say thank you. But every brain impulse, and there's millions of them in it, every brain impulse is a reason to say thank you. And people that are observing Hashem's loving kindness, there are so many reasons to say thank you. I've got no time to think about painful stuff. I haven't done my basic law, my basic debt of saying thank you to Hashem. Thank you to Hashem. Okay, so we, we've got... Uh, this is this what we all have to do. And Rabbi Nachman continues, 
אני אעשה, זה אמר רבותינו זיכרון לברכה, כל המוני התלמידו מלשמשו, כאילו מונע ממנו חסד, שנאמר, למס מרעהו חסד. Now Rabbi Nachman is taking another Gemara, and now he's connecting the aspect of thank you to the aspect of learning Torah, and he said they're both a loving kindness, learning Torah, Hashem, this is, this is Hashem's, the king's wisdom, and the king is sharing wisdom with the, every one of us, every one of his children. And so Rabbi Nachman says that if someone doesn't enable his student to learn with him, then he is preventing loving kindness. Hey, what are you doing? Hashem lets you learn with him. And somebody wants to ask you a question and you want to learn with him and you're tur- pushing a student away, you're turning a student away. No, you're preventing loving kindness for that person. So I have to wait. Rabbi Nachman has uh, given us a flag, warning. Okay, so that's, uh, we, we don't prevent our students from, from learning from us. And then what's the greatest part of learning? I know my own personal experience. There are things that you learn from uh, personal apprenticeship with a great sage with a great rabbi that you don't learn in the books. I know from the, the 11 years that uh, I did apprenticeship, we call Shimush by the Melitzer Rebbe. It's the phenomenal, the things I learned from him. And I get a, a whole volume of things that, that in Hebrew, they're written the things that, that I learned from the Rebbe, from the Rebbe. Okay, so Rabbi Nachman explains, Shimush hachomim zebchinat alachot. He says, when you're an understudy, you're an apprentice by a wise man, by a teacher, a wise teacher, that is just like learning religious law. And again, the play on words, that's just like learning the way of life. One of the things uh, the Melitzer Rebbe taught me, the proper way to eat, the proper way to dress, the proper way to speak, the proper way, daily behavior, said, well, what's this got to do with religious law? That's the way to live. This, this is the way that an upright person has to conduct himself. This is the way you have to talk to your wife. This is the way you have to talk to your child. This is the way you have to talk to a customer. This is the way you have to talk to a student. Uh, this, this are, these are all things that you learn from your spiritual guide. And your spiritual guide, but your spiritual guide is not supposed to say, no, 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 I got no time for you. No, you have to devote it. So, you know, he says, if uh, this is part of the turf, this is part of the turf. And people say, it, you know, they ask me, how, how do you have time to, to uh, write each person individually? I better make time. Better make time. Because Rebbe Nachman said, this is Mar- Rebbe Nachman's marching orders right here. So he says, if you withhold uh, teaching your students, you withhold kindness. So understudy or apprenticeship of Torah scholars, it is called loving kindness. And Also, the prophet Isaiah says the same thing in chapter 55. David says it. Prophet Isaiah says it. Again, the Gomorrah, our sages, the Gomorrah say it. And uh, Samuel the prophet said it. Samuel prophet said that when David was not only king of Israel, David was like chief rabbi. David made decisions. His king of Israel made decisions. And that's why when the, the Gomorrah explains the book of Samuel, and says in the book of Samuel, in first book of Samuel, chapter 16, there is a passage that says, and Hashem was with David. What does that mean? The Gemara says that means that when they were arguing about the law, that the law is according to what David said. In other words, you've got, for example, two professors of law arguing what is the jurisprudence here, what is the law, 
and and King David decided, and boom, and the heavens were decided that it's like David. That's what it meant that Hashem is with him, that Hashem is with him, that the law is just like David. And that shows that he's close to Hashem. So when David is close to Hashem, that he has this divine wisdom, what's me close to Hashem? You're close to the world to come. Hashem's a world to come. Because maybe Hashem conceals himself down here, but there's no concealment in the world to come. There, it's right there. Rabbi Nachman continues and he says, And now we understand why gratitude is called halacha. Gratitude is tantamount to religious law because religious law is a way to live your life and gratitude is the way you have to live your life. Because we give, just we said today we don't have the, the holy temple. So we say in the synagogue, we come out of trouble. A guy comes home from a crossfire in the war. A guy comes home. We have a lot of soldiers that on Shabbat, they, they get up in front of the Torah and they say, thank you with a blessing. Use Hashem's name. And so person comes out of jail, person comes out of comes out of prison, person comes out of a, a dangerous open heart surgery, or even less than open heart surgery, comes out of serious surgery, person comes back from the war, person comes back from a, a dangerous trip, he has to say thank you. He has to say thank you. So we see this is the halacha, and this is gratitude. That halacha, the law is gratitude. The law is all based on gratitude. That everything we do in religious law, it's all gratitude to Hashem. It can all be boiled down to gratitude to Hashem. So if someone were to ask us, how do you explain Jewish religious law standing on one foot? You could say like, uh, Rebbe, uh, that like Hillel said to the to the convert, to the Roman convert, you should love your neighbors yourself. But if someone asks us this question, you could say, it's all gratitude. Everything can be chased down to gratitude. Okay, and the gratitude, then the rest is commentary. The rest is all commentary. So we see that when we get out of trouble, we have to say thank you. Now Rabbi Nachman comes in and introduces us to spiritual uh, cardiology. Rabbi says, okay, wait a second. And this is where Rabbi Nachman goes, like a free association. We've gone from gratitude to halacha and to loving kindness and to be close to Shem and to getting out of trouble. Now Rabbi Nachman says, you know, we get out of trouble. Where do you feel trouble most? Look at your body. Where do you feel trouble most? In your heart. That's what you feel. The heart takes the brunt of the trouble. Boom, goes right to the heart. So Rabbi Nachman now says, okay, when we get out of, when we get out of trouble, and if someone is, if some, if trouble befalls a person, that the main sorrow of a person's difficulty is in that person's heart. And this is something that King Solomon, the wise of all men, told us in Proverbs chapter 14, Proverbs 10. He says, Lev yodea marat nafsho. The heart knows the bitterness of the soul. Who knows the heart? The heart knows better than the brain. The heart, of the brain is a, the heart knows the bitterness of the soul. The heart, because all the bitterness of the soul, it's not backed up in the brain, it's backed up in the heart. It's backed up in the heart. And, at the, the, and Ruach, we, we explain this, we learned... Uh, we learned in a Muna hour uh, spiritual physiology in our introduction to the 13 principles, 13 principles of Muna. But now King Solomon tells us that the heart knows the sorrow of person. Ki alev mivin, the Gemara Tractate Brochus, page 61, says 
the heart discerns. It's the same word, discerns, understands. It's the heart. The brain has intelligence. The brain has knowledge. The brain has wisdom, but the heart understands. Understanding Bina, Bina, like from Chochma, Bina and Dot, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, the wisdom is in the heart. That's what it is, that the heart has the wisdom. So alev mevin, it is the heart that understands. Because the heart understands what's going on. You can't fool the heart. You cannot fool a person's heart. Maybe you can fool his brain, make it fool other parts. You can't, a person knows in his heart or her heart exactly what the truth is. And the heart knows the bitterness and the heart feels sorrow and trouble more than anyone else. And that's why Rabbi Nachman explains Thanksgiving is called halacha and the Thanksgiving offering that we emerge from trouble, from danger, uh, that is connected with the heart because the heart feels the trouble of own bitterness. We continue on. And Rabbi Nachman says, therefore, ba'azai, b'shat sarah, in the time of danger, mitkansim kol adamim v'olim alalev. All the blood, what happens to the blood? All this blood that's circulating the body, now it's trouble. And the blood, it's like the heart. The heart is mommy and daddy. All the blood, they leave the, 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 the extremities and they all rush into the heart. The heart has this surge of blood. And that's why the heart is beating so fast. The heart said, wait a second, what are you guys doing to me? Like, come on, get out of here, get out of here. And the heart is beating so fast. The heart is trying to spread the blood back into the body. What are you doing? I can, my heart can't be flooded with, with all the body, with the blood of the whole body. And this is Rebbe Nachman explaining. That all the, the, the blood, the blood cells, they don't know what's going on. But who's got the wisdom? They know that the heart is the source of wisdom. So the blood wants to know what's going on here. Let's say, you know, and uh, something, something's going on and you have a neighbor who's a, maybe an officer in the army or a policeman knows more than you do. What's going on here? What's happening? And try, what's happening here? Call the police. What's happening? This is what's happening to the body when the body's in trouble. The, 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 the extremities, they send the blood to the heart because the heart is the source of wisdom. What is going on here? The body wants an answer. And everybody is ganging up on the heart. Okay, so that at the time of trouble, all the blood gathers in the heart, and it's that's a real sign when trouble's striking. Because just like uh, when we say if, if if there's there's trouble, there's tragedy, that everybody comes to the sage, everybody comes to the to the local tzaddik, everybody comes to the rebbe. Rebbe, what's going on? What's going on spiritually? What's Hashem doing? And they're all in search of advice and they're search of a solution. This is what the cardiovascular system is doing, and it's all running to the heart. So in doing so, the blood flows to the heart, and then the heart is in big trouble. The heart is in distress because the heart, normally that's the pump, regular, but now the heart has to pump volumes of blood that is difficult for it, and the, pay, the pulse really picks up because the heart has to work triple and quadruple more hard. And that's why a person with a normal pulse, it's no problem. For a person uh, with a 70 pulse to, to double and almost almost treble, they'd get a pulse over over, over 200 when, when really we're really in danger. But you can't do that for a long time. So the blood, the heart is in really distress. Rabbi Nachman continues. Okay, therefore, when heaven forbid, a person is in big trouble. Then the pulse really goes up high. 
כי הוא מבקש לנענע מעצמו ולהשליכה מעליו. The heart, what he was saying, come on guys, get out of here. You're not going to solve the problem. I'll solve the problem, but calm down. Get out of here. And the heart has to really work hard, really work hard to get rid of the blood. Now this puts the body in big stress. This puts the body in stress because the heart is working so hard. And the heart is working at time of trouble and super, super difficulty. Ah, but when, what happens? Just this afternoon. Just this afternoon, 1.30 in the afternoon, out of the clear blue sky, the two days, no, no, boom, a barrage of 20 missiles, 15 of which were on Ashdod. Uh, and you had the explosions. We were right in the middle of Mencha prayer. So I was in a good place. I was with the Melitza Ribbit. That's better than any bomb shelter. Okay, we're playing Mencha together. And uh, you hear the bomb, you hear the siren go off, and do 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 when you get all clear, Ah, you're back all clear. You hear the explosions and you can tell the difference between a missile that falls and lands and a missile that's been intercepted and just stay out of it. Don't go, got to wait 10 minutes and not go back out into the street because if even if a missile is intercepted, this hot shrapnel, jagged shrapnel falls out like rain and <laughs> had lots of chunks of metal raining out of the sky. So you have to wait to 10 minutes to get the all clear and then you get the all clear. Ah, the blood goes back to normal. This is what happens when the body gets a signal, it's all clear. Okay, the trouble is past. In other words, uh, you've been, there's a loose lion in your neighborhood and it's on your street. And then all of a sudden the, the zoo comes and they, they catch the lion, they put him in the truck, take it back to the zoo, uh, all cleared. Now the blood goes back. This is Rabbi Nachman explaining right here what happens when you get the all clear. As taluchat adamim then he says, listen, he says, what does he call? What does he call the circulation? He calls it tahalucha. Tahalucha means, like we said, halichot, it's a way of life. This is the way of the blood, the circulation. Rabbi Nachman uses the same word for blood circulation as he does for way of life and for halacha. And he says, now it goes back to normal. And Within okay, the blood contact blood goes back. Everybody goes back to his own his own arteries and own corpuscles, and we're back to normal. And therefore, the korban, the offering of thank you when a person is rescued from trouble, it's also called halacha. It's also called because according to halacha, the person has to do that. It's a way of life to say thank you. So the blood circulation, Rabbi Nachman also calls that, it's the way of the blood, the tahalucha, it's the way of the word from the same root word, shochim kesedo, because all of a sudden the blood flows like it should when a person gets out of trouble. Now we're up to, to uh, less, od gimel, the letter gimel in uh, Torah 2, second part of Likotei Moran. Rabbi Nachman says, mize ba holada benekil. Okay, now we're going to learn uh, what obstetricians learn. You learn how babies born. Rabbi Nachman says the same law, the same thing, what happens in the heart and what happens in the blood, and he explains how the birth of a baby comes about. He says, That when a woman is about to give birth, her thighs become freezing. They become very cold. 
Why do her thighs become very cold? Because the blood leaves her thighs. And this is what the Gemara tells us in Tractate Sota. The Gemara is all about, understands the workings of the human body. You can see if you, if uh, husband, you ever been in, uh, I don't recommend it, but uh, if you've been in the, the labor when your wife gives birth, all of a sudden she 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 gets cold. She she feels cold. She's got to be covered with the blanket. It might be in Israel in the summertime, but uh, she she's cold. She's cold. That will get to be kept warm. Why? Because Rabbi Nachman says ki adamim olim lemala. Again, the Gemara tells that hey, listen guys, if you would give birth, every family would have one kid. That's it. Because then afterward you would swear you're never going to give birth again. <laughs> that's it to get it. Thank you. And that's why our women, after they give birth at the time of the Holy Temple, they have to give an offering. But even now, look what Rabbi Nachman is telling us. It's again, they once she gives birth, and the Gemara says that when she gives birth, all her bones break apart, it takes 24 months to get her bones back together. And so when she comes out of the delivery room and she's a one piece and the baby's a one piece <laughs> that when she gets back on her feet it's usually uh, either at, at the bris or if her baby girl is born maybe a week later she has to say the thank you prayer she says the thank you prayer instead of 10 people and 10 10 10 people and, and, and this is because she's also she's been in a situation of extreme danger. You stop and think about it. It's, it's such a childbirth is such a miracle. So Rabbi Nachman says that here's childbirth is just another category of this extreme danger. And what the blood does the same thing. The blood knows, the heart knows, oh, wait a second, maybe mommy doesn't know. Mommy, she didn't learn uh, physiology and anatomy. Mommy doesn't realize the danger she's in. The blood, the heart knows so what happens? And oh, the blood sure knows. So the blood, why does mommy get cold? Because all the blood from her legs that rush up to the heart. Hey, do something. Look at this pain. Look at these labor contractions. What's going on here? Do something. It says, what do you want from me? So then you get the, the heart. That's why, what, what does epidural do? And epidural does, the first thing it does is relaxes, for, takes, the, takes the pain away. When uh, the anesthetic that a uh, woman in childbirth is, is getting, and so it calms the blood down. It's like putting the blood to sleep, and then the, the blood doesn't. The body doesn't feel the pain. The blood doesn't chase up to the heart, and the woman she can she could she could quietly give give birth more or less more or less. She feels it after the birth, but quietly give birth. Okay, so by Rabbi Nachman says there's a secret here. When the blood leaves the thighs and rushes up to the heart that facilitates the delivery of the baby because when the blood rises that the area where the blood has gone away from it tenses up it tenses up because it's in trouble the blood has left it and what that does that facilitates the cramps in the abdomen it's the rippling the cramps come from this severe rippling in the abdomen that push the baby out of the womb. So the way the disappearance of the blood is the way that Hashem facilitates giving birth. Amazing. Rabbi Nachman, at, uh, in 225 years ago, explains the exact 
physiology of giving birth. And after what happens after a woman gives birth? Okay, there's a lot of the the, the blood that she, it's the blood from the birth is uh, is is released and it's it leaves the body, but then it goes back. Everything goes back to normal. Everything goes back to normal. So now Rabbi Nachman says something else. He says as a halacha pchinat holada that the aspect of halacha religious law, which also is a way of life. It is also the same aspect of giving birth. This is, I hope, this is something difficult to translate. And I pray to Hashem, Hashem, give me, give me your help in translating this. And I'm trying the best I can to keep this clear. And we'll try, but why, why does it, what's, what's the comparison between giving birth and, and halacha? Rabbi Nachman says, you know, there are people that sit and learn Torah and there are other wonderful people that make donations to the Torah learners, the, the people sitting and learning Torah. And what happens? The donators, they lose money themselves. Okay, they're taking $100 from their own pocket and they're giving it to a young man that's learning Torah. So it looks like the donator is losing money. But what happens? What happens? Rabbi Nachman explains spiritually, it's just like giving birth because when he gives money to the Torah learner, that the money leaves him just the way a woman in childbirth, the blood leaves her thighs. This is the money is leaving his wallet just like the blood is leaving her thighs. Now here's another play on words. The damim, the word for blood and the word for money in classical Hebrew is the same word, damim and damim. So just the money leaves and the blood leaves. It's the same thing. This is, you learn Rabbi Nachman, it, it's like a kaleidoscope. And the kaleidoscope's got a thousand pieces. Maybe we're learning three or four pieces because the plays on words are much, much deeper, but otherwise it'd get confused. And it, it, it's not far, because I, I get confused myself. And if I get confused myself, I'm not going to be such a good job of giving it over to you. So we try and keep it as, as simple as we can while being comprehensible. So where's the birth connected? Okay, she, the blood left her thighs. And then she gave birth. The blood, the blood, the the money left his wallet. And now he gives birth. What's he give birth to? Because of the money that he gave to the Torah learner, the Torah learner now in the rabbinical seminary, he makes nuances in halacha. He has given birth. So the money you give to the guy learning Torah is you have given birth to nuances in halacha that maybe no one ever said. And that is loving kindness. And by this loving kindness, you know what loving kindness does? It creates abundance. So just like, uh, mom, by losing your blood, you didn't lose anything. You got a child, mazel tov. You got a child. And dad, by giving that charity to someone doing a good job spirit in spirituality, you didn't lose anything because you've given birth to someone else. The same goes in outreach. For example, you give birth to, to, to you give birth to someone, a, a soul that gets closer to Hashem. There's something new. This is giving birth to, to the heavens. 
This is something they can't do. They, they, they come down, the angels can't then bring someone close. What do you think? By your money, and you gave someone a book or a lesson or something where you get to do a Zoom lessons and not charge, anybody could come and learn. And because of what you did, you your contribution, you brought somebody closer to Hashem. You gave birth to a new soul. Because when you get closer to Hashem, you get a new soul. That soul gets closer to Hashem. Why a new soul? Because in order for a person to come closer to Hashem, Hashem has to give them a stronger soul that can be a worthy vessel for that divine light. Otherwise, the soul gets burnt. So if the soul gets close to Hashem now, oh, you brought a sem, a guy's a new guy or a girl learning Noahide, Noahide laws. They didn't do that yesterday. You brought a new soul to Hashem, Mazel Tov. Or somebody, uh, a Jew, you put a soldier and he put on sitzis, hey, it's get something new. You brought him closer to Shem, brought him to light to the Shem. So that's why halacha and birth and gratitude, it's all the, all the same aspect. Spiritually, it's all the aspect, this aspect of the world to come. So now this Rebbe Nachman says, he signs his check, he says, This is all the delight in the world to come. Not only is the do we delight, but Hashem is having delight in everything we're doing. And like things, he gives us a delight because he gets so much delight from us. And this is what the Isaiah the prophet says, and this is why eventually a day will come when the light of moon will be as strong as the light of the sun. That'll be in the future. Why? Because the moon has a nature of being cold. The sun has a nature of being hot. Okay, so the moon, it doesn't have its own light. It's like cold. It's like the, the body doesn't have its own blood. The blood leaves that part of the blood. But in, when the when will have so much spiritual influence on earth, then the moon will attain heat also. And that is why the, our sages say in the future that the moon will have light of the sun. And that's a light in the world to sun, in the world to come. And now Rabbi Nachman says, this is what we learned. In the second chapter of Genesis, these are the off, these are the offspring of heaven and earth, and as they were created, you turn the letters on, and it says it's Abraham. and Abraham are the same letters. So it means Abraham, what was his aspect? His aspect was loving kindness. So once again, the creation, you're creating new laws, you're creating new loving kindness, this loving kindness, this aspect of Abraham. It's the aspect of Abraham and creation of the world. When you do an act of loving kindness and you do an act of gratitude, it's a tantamount to creation. Rabbi Nachman right here. Now Rabbi Nachman goes to Psalm 100, which is one of our favorites. It is the song of gratitude. And this is what a psalm a psalm of thanksgiving that we sound a we we sound Hashem. We laud Hashem. The, all the all the earth, all the earth, all the earth should, should sing praise to Hashem. And this is something unbelievable. Only Rabbi Nachman could, could discover this. We say a song of thanks, letoda for thanks. And birth is tolada. You take the letters of thanks and turn them around and you get giving birth right there. It's crazy. Amazing. Amazing that the puzzle, the kaleidoscope that Rebbe Nachman brings, because this is because halachot, 
and giving birth and influencing other kindness. And this is a gratitude. It's all the same aspect. It's all the same aspect. Rabbi Nachman concludes this section. By the way, we're going to have one more lesson and we'll conclude uh, Torah 2. That'll be next week, Bezat Hashem. But now we, we conclude this section by saying, And this is what our sages said, the Gemara Tractate Sota, Asa Chalal Raglav, King Asa, A-S-A, he's one of the kings of Israel. He became sick. He had, he had a sickness in his legs. Why did he become sick? Because he took the Torah scholars out of the yeshiva and he made them do work, like uh, the work on a, in a rock pile in the streets and do public work, this and that. So he, he did that. He not only did not give birth to new Torah, he caused Torah to, that he interrupted Torah learning. So by him interrupting Torah learning and disturbing the Torah scholars from their learning, he got sick in his legs and he developed a problem. What's legs? Legs, they, they, you walk on your legs. Walk is halicha. Halacha is what they learned, religious law, that's halacha. It's all the same word, walking and halacha. It's a way of life, the way you walk, and it's walking. So if a person messes up in halacha, Rabbi Nachman says they could have a problem in their legs. So when people have problems in their legs, they ask me, well, what do you do? I said, maybe try learning two halachas every day. Try learning two halachas. So, again, halacha, Rabbi Nachman is reminding us, this is the same aspect as the cardiovascular system, which is called taluchat adamim in classical Hebrew, the way the blood walks through the body. So the way the person lives his life. That's halichot. Halacha is the halacha, the religious law, by the, according to what laws personal is like. And then when olchim v'chozrim l'seder, okay, so if a person, uh, if things come back to normal, then the health of his legs come back to normal, and that way he has healthy legs. Bezrat Hashem, we're going to hold up here. Next week, we're going to continue. It's lovely being with you, and lovely this Thursday night. Bo Hashem.